Oh, actually, really, I should take out this Ricola. No, it's good. It's people love to hear people eating candy on podcasts. Can you hear it though? It, we're, we're not. Can oh, hear? That we can. Is that audible? It's, it's look down. I have my throat's really fucked up, and I just I I don't think it's that distracting though. Is it? Can you hear it, Dan? What? Says who is brought to you by you. By you. Uh, you. You. Uh, yes, you. The Patreons on Patreon.com. The people that are, you are beautiful, lovely people in our town of Says Whovia who slip us some of your hard-earned cash and we turn that into ear food for you. Um, Sounds kind of gross. Well, it's what's happening, Dan. Mm. They're 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 keeping the microphones on. They are uh, keeping the internet on, and um, we thank you, our patrons, for supporting us. Now I just have an image of everyone with little mouths in their ears. Dan, you're bringing a weird energy today. I gotta say, you've got just got a lot of. Um... It's my new voice, Maureen. Today's my birthday. I got a new voice for my birthday. How does it sound? It's pretty. Does it sound good? Do I sound like a radio professional? Yes. I thought so. Oh Happy birthday to me. Oh, no. It's good. Welcome to Zazu. God. I knew this would happen eventually. And I'm trying to do your suck this lozenge as fast as I can. It's fine, Maureen. It's totally from no one will notice. No, no one's gonna notice. It's a super gross sound. Stop. <laughs> Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. And I, boy, my voice is terrible. It's beautiful. It's not that beautiful. It's not a good voice. It has been, it has been teetering on the edge for like two days now. You got a cold? Uh, I, I had a cold. Like I had a kind of a nasty cough and a bit of a sneeze thing but it seems to have just done nothing now but lodge right at the very back of my throat and just hang out there but am i gonna catch that from this podcast by talking to you now it's possible i think you can download colds now oh boy i hope don't so. accept any files from me all right well i'm not going to open any of those email forwards i get from my relatives that actually look like they have viruses hanging off them they, I get, Dan, I have relatives, close ones, that send me creepy right-wing email forwards, and sometimes their their subject line is just forward, 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 humor. I got one that said that today. <laughs> That's good. Is it hilarious? No. If it was forwarded that many times, that had to have been some good humor. Forward, 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 humor. Yep. 
Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. That sounds like a fun thing to get. And it's a lot of jokes about how women talk too much. Well, ain't that the you know, truth? It's, it's mm-hmm. you know what it's like. Oh, do I? <laughs> oh, Dan, happy birthday! I see. Thank you. I see you got our present early. A functional democracy? No, it's the throat thing. Oh, damn it. Yeah, did you I did. want a functional democracy? It just seemed like something maybe nice. It's been a while. Yeah, but the throat thing's nice too, isn't it? It's less nice than it sounds. I know it sounds pretty cool. I like it. I know that it sounds pretty cool, Maureen, but it's less it's less cool than it seems. We're bringing different sounds today. I mean, you've got a new voice. I'm not in the closet. You are not. You are living at large in your actual apartment. Uh, I have um, given myself, well, every week when we sign in to do the recording, we put our name in, and I put my name in as Fuck Ups McGee um, because I made a bunch of technical mistakes. <laughs> 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 and I got all these feverish notes from Dan going, where are you? Where are you? And um, uh, yeah, never change the settings on your computer for any reason is the lesson here. That's true. Never change anything ever. Never touch anything. Just don't. Ju- if you learn yeah. one thing from Sesu, it's just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Whatever is around you right now, that's it forever. Yeah. Don't don't move. And just don't. Just no. don't. Just don't go out. Says who? Just don't touch anything. Just don't. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast for shut-ins. Don't do it. I like it. Don't. That's probably that'd be probably more lucrative. Don't go out. No. Don't go shopping. Nope. You know there's a solution for that. God damn it. Yes. As soon as you said shopping, Bam. I knew where we were going. Boom. I'm doing a golf swing now. Like, woo. Uh... I just thought maybe for my birthday you would not slip a Blue Apron reference in. I didn't actually say it. You just said it. Boom! I just did the golf swing again. Yeah. You're just uh, taking advantage of the fact that you have room to move your body and you're not crammed in a closet. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels pretty good. I am wiggling around a little bit. I got my spinny chair. Usually in the closet, I sit on a... Now, I do... Here's the thing. When I set up the closet, I did buy a teeny tiny chair to go in there. It's the world's smallest folding chair. It is adorable. You just want to put it in your pocket, and it is practically that small. (laughs) But I found that the large Tupperware storage bin, like one of those big jobs. Sure. Like a a tub. Yeah, one of those storage tubs. Was much more comfortable. And in the beginning, I would put like a fuzzy, I put a fuzzy blanket on it. And then I, I just didn't, I don't even bother with that. I just sit on the bin. It's my recording bench. But today I've got my, I'm at my desk. I'm spin, Can you hear me spin it? Yeah. I'm wiggling. Did a little, nice. I did a little spinning around because it's a new. word you're going to get vertigo or something. It's a new era. Dan, it's a new day. It is a new day. It is a new day, isn't it? <laughs> just stop. What? I'm going to be just almost. There, there will be no voice by the time we are done with this podcast. What do you mean? Stop it. You stop it. It's not nice. You know it's not nice to make fun of people on their birthday, Maureen. It's not your birthday yet. Your birthday is tomorrow. 
well, people are going to hear it and it's my birthday. And I thought we were creating an illusion with our voices and in their minds. We are creating an illusion with our voices. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, how have you felt in this week that apparently the midterms aren't over? There seems no. There's, they're still counting. They're still counting. There are countdown clocks on CNN. I don't know what they're counting down to. Want to just run them twenty four seven? They're always counting down to something. I'm very confused about what they're. It, it, they have a twenty four hour countdown clock, and I was watching it yesterday, and I realized I had no idea what they were counting. They're just maybe they just count down to when they're going to reset the clock. I don't know. Yeah, it's a big thing. Wolf Blitzer, he climbs a big ladder. There's like a hammer he has to hit. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, remember that show American Gladiators? It's like that. I, if CNN was more like American Gladiators, that, although I will say it got like Brian Stetler with one of those big, like Q-tip poker things. I'm interested. Yeah. But they are a little bit like that today because this afternoon they filed a lawsuit against the White House. Yeah, they did. So. Yeah. So we. We last week we recorded twice in one day. Uh, for regular listeners, we recorded our our normal episode, and for Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash says who, uh, we recorded a a second episode when uh, Jeff Sessions was fired, and uh, also when Trump had had his bananas post election press conference. Yeah, everything was fairly normal in the morning, and we were just basking in the post-election glow, and then we closed up shop and said, okay, talk to you in a bit, and then we walked outside, and it was like that picture from Community where- Yeah, it was the Community gift. He walks in with the pizzas and everything's on fire. It was like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And uh, one of those things was Jim Acosta from CNN- uh, was asking a question. A White House intern tried to rip the microphone out of his hand, and uh, and then there was like a twenty four hours of Bananas Town where the White House banned him from coming in because they said he assaulted an intern. That press conference, I didn't mean to watch it, Dan. Yeah, I, that was a real mistake on your part. It's ju- I had just promised myself that I was done with this stuff, that I wasn't going to watch it, that I was locking myself out. And then I noticed all of these people on Twitter saying, oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? And I just had that itch. It's not good. You don't need to scratch the itch, but I I needed to scratch the itch. And I looked. No. I looked and I did. I looked. You have things to do, Maureen. You have a book to write. I know. But I wanted to know, you know, I just wanted to know if what was on fire. And so I turned it on and he was. Turns out it was California. Oh, hmm. but he was still giving his remarks and they were weird and disjointed. It was before he got to the questions where he started insulting and threatening everyone. It was he was saying things along the lines of. And I've been hearing, you know, our waters are waters are like crystal crystal waters it was very strange it was not the ramblings of a well man let's just put it that way um this is a thing that i don't fully understand maureen mm. this is a man that lies for sport 
why do we all just take it on his word that he does not drink? Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't, it feels too drifty almost. It it just drifts gently from point to point, like yeah, I don't know, like a paper if airplane. You slow his speech down by like a you know a quarter. You hear it and you're like, oh, I know that guy. All he I've been, I've been trapped with that guy before. You know why? Because he hasn't done this. Just shh, shh, shh. Let me tell you. I just tell you something. Shh. I just tell you something. Hey, you're just. They're lying about I crystal water. Shh, I, but, but that is what he's doing. He's just doing it more secret, angrily. I guess secret, secret, secret. Shh, Blue Apron. Hey, God. <laughs> I win again. Um. Well, he had a weird week. We'll get to the whole election thing, but uh, I just want to jump to, he goes to France. Yeah. And that, uh, this is fascinating to me, what is happening now. Yeah. Agreed. He flies off to France because it is the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I. There is going to be a bunch of different commemorations in various graveyards around France as well as a you know a big a big to do in Paris itself and he he sort of invited himself back in August it I remember when he did it it was it was right when the big military parade that he wanted to have fell apart and so he was basically just like oh yeah well I'm gonna go to France and see their parade then oh that's right yeah so this is that trip. And everyone was like, what? You're going to what? When? Right after the... What are you talking about? And he was like, no, totally love France. Going. Military's great. And so he flies to France. It, immediately post-election. And we're still in the election. Things are still being counted. There's still questions about different races because they haven't been called yet. Oh, not to mention the fact that California is completely on fire. The whole goddamn state. The biggest, is it the biggest wildfire now in their history? Uh, If it's not the biggest, it is, I believe, the most destructive. It's bad news. It's extremely bad news. I mean, and it's in both, but there's, you know, it's, it's more than one. And so there's, you know, one that is affecting Northern California. And then I I think it's actually two that are very close together uh, in Southern California, like very, very close to the edge of LA and very much in, very much in populated areas. Yeah. Entire. Fucking terrifying. Entire towns have burned down. Uh, The fire is sweeping to the sea. Uh, A quarter million people have been evacuated. It, it's horrific. People burn to death in their cars. I mean, it is, California. Been... I, I am. I don't know what to say. If you're, I, I'm so sorry if this is affecting yeah. you. I mean, the, and the air is like the sky is red and dark and weird, and you know people are just going and brushing ash off their cars and. Yeah, so, I have friends that are wearing you know N95 respirators indoors and stuff. So he um. He does a couple weird moves, our buddy. He flies to France. He decides to blame 
the wildfires on basically California. Yeah. Well, you know, they started it. Oh, also, there's a I, Dan. I guess this this week has been so chock a block that it's there's a there was a massive shooting in Thousand Oaks, Florida. No, California. Sorry, did I just say yeah. Florida? Sorry, you did. Today I've been Florida doing. A, the mind. I've been doing a lot of swap outs of things. It's been a recurring theme in today. Um, in Thousand Oaks, California. Sorry, there was uh, a massive deadly shooting. One of our many massive deadly shootings. Uh, and like many, it's tied into domestic violence and many people are dead. And that community was still in the middle of burying its dead and dealing with the aftermath of the, of this horrific, horrific event when the fire came for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to NPR yesterday. They were interviewing, um, chief of police or someone someone in the first responders you know group in thousand oaks and they had they had converted the you know the command center that they had set up for the thousand oaks shooting the next day they had to flip it into the command center for dealing with fires and evacuees because parts of thousand oaks were under mandatory evacuation i mean jesus christ talk about trauma laying on top of trauma so he goes to france yeah, because, you know, why not? At that point, just go. Just go to France. Yeah. For, admittedly, a big fucking deal event, the 100th year uh, anniversary of the end of yeah. World War One. I. I mean. Yeah, the allies, all the all the heads of the allied powers were going to be there. Now, Dan, I'm going to really, I want you to really look at this in depth, because if there's anyone who's interested in Trump's movements um, and hotels and things like that, it's you. So I know this yep. is your field of specialty. Yeah. So, Bowel movement specifically. Yeah. Uh, he goes to France and then he decides in a in a move I didn't know you could make just not to go. Yeah. He goes all the way there but to hide in the uh, the ambassador's residence. Yeah. Just doesn't. That seems. Just doesn't go. And he did actually um, tweet about it. Three hours ago, and I'll just read this tweet. By the way, just you know, <laughs> apropos of nothing. Just by the way. By the way, for 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 all you fuckos asking, when the helicopter couldn't fly to the first cemetery in France because of almost zero visibility, I suggested driving. Secret Service said no, too far from airport and big Paris shutdown. Speech next day at American cemetery in pouring rain. Little reported fake news. Yeah. I have a question, Maureen. Mm -hmm. So he could not travel what was an hour outside of Paris due to rain and traffic mm -hmm. is essentially what he said. Mm -hmm. Are Angela Merkel and Theresa May and and uh, and and Macron, are they are they witches? Did they just disapparate and then reapparate there? Do you think? Yes. I feel like that's underreported. Yeah, no, though. Everyone else made it. Yeah, everyone made it. Also, it turns out that when you're the president of America, they can usually fix some traffic issues. You would think. Yeah, they can do that, actually. You you live in New York City. He lives in New York City. He's come home. Do they just let him get caught in gridlock? No. No, no, no. No, no, no. So he doesn't go out in the rain. 
And yesterday was Veterans Day here in the United States. Yeah. And usually on Veterans Day, especially the 100th year anniversary of the ending of World War One, they would make an appearance at Arlington or you know some, something along those lines. And uh, no, no, no. He didn't do anything. His public, his entire public calendar was empty yesterday. They called a, they called a lid for the the White House press corps, which is when they're like nothing else is happening. They called that lid at ten a.m. yesterday. So the the president flies to France to commemorate the end of World War One. Doesn't go to the event. Doesn't come out on Veterans Day. Um, Dan, what do you think's going on with this? This is weirder than normal. Yeah, it is. I mean, both in the aggressively unhingedness, you know, the the level of attack at reporters in the, you know, at the press conference in the, you know, the days that followed as he was getting on to Marine One to to f- be helicoptered over to the airplane to go to France. You know, somebody asked him, you know, did he think that Whitaker was going to end the Mueller investigation or something to that effect? And he was just like, that's a stupid question. You know, I mean, it's so he's both being even more aggressive than normal. And also bizarrely withdrawn. Yeah. Like, and this is a guy whose whose public calendar has been dwindling over the last like six months or so, you know, his executive time, which is what they call the time that he just spends in in the East Wing uh, watching Fox News in the morning, you know, like that executive time has crept later and later into the morning to the point that now it basically bleeds into lunchtime. You know, the end of his day has been getting earlier and earlier so that he's really, you know, on a busy day, he's putting in two, three hours max, you know, and yet he's even more withdrawn. It's, it's weird. I mean, I, I do have to admit, so we have a a long, we have a long track record on says who now of you being quite optimistic about him getting out of this job Mm. and me being like, I'm not so sure. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say his, his actions of the last week are one of the first times that I've been like, maybe he's leaving. That just was so dreamy the way you said that, Dan. It was very, that was like, that was the- going. You turned into like beardy, mystical Gandalf, Dan, for a second. It was very beautiful. You went, maybe he's leaving. And then a kind of wind blew and a talking bird landed on your shoulder and said, maybe. Um, That was what happened in my mind. Ever rich in her life. He's acting like a guy who knows that terrible shit is coming his way. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has invented, who has invented out of whole cloth the battles that he has fought for the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, he has had basically no opposition in Congress. You know, the press that he plays up as the enemy of the of the state and things like that have not been particularly hard charging at him in person, at least. You know, I mean, he has he has invented conflict in order to build himself up. And now he is staring down the barrel of actual conflict. And he's like, he at best, he's sulking. Yeah. And at, yeah, at, I mean, at, at best, it's a pity party. And at worst, he's maybe dissociating. I mean, who knows? Um, but if you had committed a shit ton of crimes and have been getting through on bullshit and skateboarding through your whole life 
And you suddenly heard that little knock at the door that suggested that maybe someone was coming to check up on what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, there's so much speculation now that is, is an indictment coming? And the other day you were very bullish on. Uh, I thought Dojo was going. You really, I mean, you thought. I felt it. I felt it deep, deep in my bones. It turned out I was actually feeling the cold that mm. was coming on me. But I really thought uh, last Friday, I thought that uh, Donald Trump Jr., affectionately called Dojo, um, I thought he was getting indicted. I really did. I felt it in, deep in my core. And you're probably, I mean, you may, maybe you're feeling the distant rumble. Maybe it's not so yeah. distant. I, I mean, it, every, it, it, there's, it, we don't know yet because it hasn't happened, but something, I mean, the shadow of Mueller grows longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, there's, there will be action on the Mueller front and, and he has to see that. But, but even more than that, he has to see, you know, the, the writing on the wall of having a house of representatives, it just lets him, you know, walk into a room and take a dump in the middle of the floor and they all sort of applaud is, um, is going away. And Maureen. Yeah. To learn more about that. Yes. I, I invited a guest. I want to learn more. I do too. So I invited Imani Gandhi, who is the senior legal analyst at Rewire.News and the co-host of the Boom Lawyered podcast. She is a former attorney turned journalist, and Imani and her podcast partner, Jess Pico, give a weekly look at the news through a legal lens. They know stuff. They do know stuff, Maureen. And we don't, And we don't know dick, Dan. No, we definitely don't. We have well-established... We have an ex ex extensive two years of established not knowing dick. Wow, let's go find out some dick. Wait. So Imani, the, the midterms were a week ago and while things took maybe a little bit longer to really shake out than 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 we thought kind of on the day after you know we're now looking at this really commanding democratic victory in the house and what that's going to mean is that every committee is going to have democrats at the helm you know as somebody who looks at this through a through a lawyer's eyes like what are you expecting might happen from that subpoena subpoena subpoenas <laughs> i think that <laughs> wow. I mean, there was an article I just read on Axios that said that there's like, they're calling it the subpoena canon, um, where they ha already have <laughs> something like 85 different items, like action items that they want to gather more information about things stemming, um, ranging from, you know, potential collusion of the Trump campaign with Russia to where we are with North Korea to, you know, the, the situation with um, indefinite detention of, of undocumented minors, just they, and I mean, they, they have a list of literally 85, all of which are the sort of items that I think the American people want more information about, but that we couldn't get that sort of information in the first two years of the presidency, because the Republicans seem to have no interest in putting a check on this um, administration whatsoever. So Subpoenas, investigative power, I think is a really 
huge deal and is going to be a really big check on, well, I hope that it will be a big check on the Trump administration going forward. Now I'm picturing something like a t-shirt cannon. That's yeah. what I really want. I want Nancy yeah, Pelosi with one of those. Just poof, poof, poof. Replace her huge gavel with a, with a subpoena, an actual subpoena cannon. Oh, awesome. What are the committees that you're most interested in, in terms of the, you know, what their overview is or who's going to be in charge of them? Um, well, we've got the House Judiciary Committee, which is headed up, um, going to be led by Gerald Nadler, who's an attorney and a prosecutor, former attorney and prosecutor from New York. And he has been really um, going after Trump when it comes to um, the sort of Trump's refusal to divest himself of his business interests and his familial interests and his efforts to essentially line his and his family's pockets through, for example, payments by foreign governments to one of his hotels. You know, like he, when foreign governments come to stay here, a lot of them will stay in the Trump Towers Hotel, the Trump Hotels. Um, they'll, you know, he'll have these little get togethers at Mar-a-Lago and it's just sort of this pay to play situation where Trump is lining his pockets based on his refusal to abide by the emoluments clause. So I think that there's going to be a lot of um, interesting investigative work with respect to the Trump organization. I'm really looking forward to uh, Maxine Waters heading up the the House Financial Services Committee. A, Yummy. because Maxine Waters is n- – can we curse on this show? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She is not to be fucked with. <laughs> because, I mean, she has been – very aggressive when it comes to criticizing Trump, when it comes to seeking impeachment, when it comes to sort of shining a light on just how screwed up this administration is. And now that she's in charge of the House Financial Services Committee, it's basically known as the House Banking Committee, she can subpoena Trump's bank records. So that means (laughs) we can get a lot of good, juicy information that I think he wants to to keep hidden. I don't think he's as rich as he claims he is. And so I think it'll be a real embarrassing low point for him if um, uh, Representative Waters subpoenas those banking records and that shit ends up in the press. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. So I think those are two of my um, two of my favorite committees (laughs) right now. Oh, then there's also the House Intel Committee. I mean, you know, all of that's going to be whether or not um, the the Mueller report. I, there was a rumor last week or a story in The Hill last week that said if Trump actually is successful in shutting down the Mueller investigation, then they're essentially going to have open hearings. They're going to invite Mueller to testify at congressional hearings, which would be, I think, amazing. I kind of almost want Trump to shut down the investigation <laughs> because I'm sure that there's that Mueller's got some juicy investigative reports already that that have some really great information in them and stuff that – It's going to make the last two years a little bit better. I mean, the last two years have been so crappy and I'm actually a modicum, just a tiny bit hopeful. And that's a weird feeling. It's kind of like a little itch that I have in my brain. What is this? What is this feeling that I have? Is Is it hope? Is it gas? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Is it hope or is it gas? The 2018 story. (laughs) Exactly. Um, are, do you have a little Watergate jealousy? Because I know I do. Like, they got to watch hearings every day. They got, you know, and now we could get that too, that we yeah. could just watch it all rolling out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really, 
And especially in this day and age, if, I mean, could you imagine if there was Twitter during Watergate? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it would have just been bananas. And so I really, I, I'm, I think the sort of coming together over social media around these issues is going to probably be even more fun than hopefully watching Trump go down himself. I mean, the sort of, I think there's a really a collective need for people to see that, you know, you can't just, you know, potentially have a foreign government install you in the in the White House and then just run roughshod over all institutional, cultural and constitutional norms with zero repercussions. I think that the entire at least anyone who's not a red red hat wearing jackass is really <laughs> sort of clamoring for that moment. And I think being able to share that moment together on social media is going to be really fun, especially because that's sort of become his medium so it's just, it's just, you know, everyone's just going to be waiting to see when his next tantrum is going to be. And if we get to watch hearings and watch him throw fits on, on Twitter, I just feel like I'll be living my best life then. <laughs> as, as a lawyer, this whole, because I, as a non-lawyer, I can only look at this with kind of a marvel and go, well, it certainly seems like from the stuff that's kind of brewing and you kind of see smoke that surely Mueller, like, it seems like something's going on and there seems to be the smell of people keep saying the word indictment. As a lawyer, when you smell the wind, smell the wind, the 2018 <laughs> story, do you smell the sense that people have already been pulled? In? Like, do you, what are, are your spidey senses telling you anything about the immediate future? Um, I, I know that there's this sort of concern that with the installation of Whitaker as acting attorney general, that he's going to sort of unilaterally shut down the Mueller investigation or as he has suggested would be possible, you know, I think a year and a half ago or so he suggested that one way the investigation could be shut down would be to just starve it of money, right? If you refuse to fund it, Mueller's got no money to go after these people. I also think that given Mueller's just silence over the past couple of years. I think that, um, I think there is something brewing. I think he's smarter than to be in the press every day, flapping his gums about what he may or may not have. I think he's been quietly building his case. I think that one of the things that's really interesting about the Mueller investigation, as opposed to say, you know, the Ken Starr Clinton investigation in the nineties is that Ken Starr went a little power hungry and a little bit nutty and just sort of was trying to keep all of the investigative powers and, and um, interests to himself, I think in a self aggrandizing way. And Mueller seems to be doing the exact opposite. Um, I read an article, maybe it was by Benjamin Wittes in Lawfare, where he suggested that um, one of the reasons Mueller has been so silent is because he'll have more moral authority if and when he decides to have a press conference and say, okay, I've been working on this shit for two years. Here's what I've got. As You know what I mean? It's just going to hold a little bit more weight. And it will also hold weight if, for example, Whitaker actually tries to shut down the Mueller investigation and Mueller then holds a press conference and says, this is some bullshit. He's trying to shut down my investigation, but look at all the stuff that I have. Um, because he's delegated a lot of the individual indictments and the criminal convictions like of those two Russian women, the redheads and of a lot of the stuff with the Trump organization in the Southern district of New York, he's been delegating and sort of spreading the investigative love around. So even if, you know, that, for example, that weird Jacob wall thing that happened a couple oh. of weeks ago <laughs> where they tried to take Mueller down with random fake threats of sexual assault. Like even if Mueller, if that had worked, 
and Mueller had somehow had to have been, you know, removed from this investigation. He spread enough of the stuff around so that so many people are working on it that I think it's bigger. I think it's bigger than Trump now. It's bigger than any attorney general's efforts to shut it down. And there's the possibility, you know, just the slight possibility that Mueller has so much that even if he were to sit down with a Whitaker who otherwise would want to shut down the investigation, it could be that Whitaker looks at this stuff and says, well, shit, this actually is kind of a problem, you know, and that's a kind of a long shot because he's a Trump loyalist. But um, I think if he tries to shut down the investigation, I think there will be career lawyers at the DOJ who are not going to be down with it. And I think it's going to, there's going to, certainly the public is not going to be down with it. So I think it's going to be, I'm not as concerned about the investigation being shut down as other people are. And I also really think that seeing how Mueller has operated in sort of dead silence, like a ninja, I feel like he's got a lot of stuff to share and I'm really looking forward to seeing what it is. Hopefully we'll get a chance to. You know, Mueller has always reminded me. If you've ever, have you ever seen the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah, yeah. They're always being chased by those people that you can always kind of just see on the hilltop, and no matter where they go, those people on horses are always following them, and they don't know yeah. who they are, and they keep yeah. going, "Who are those guys?" And they can never ever get rid of them, and then eventually those guys catch them. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. That Mueller is this guy who's just kind of there and he doesn't say anything. But every time you open a doorway, you just see a Mueller-shaped shadow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a ghost in the machine or something. I mean, he really is, I think... I think I know a lot. I know a lot of people are frustrated. Like you said, you know, Watergate must have been so fun for the people back then. They had hearings all the time and there was all these leaks in the press and everything seemed to happen so fast. But if you have you have to remember that, you know, Watergate between the break in and the actual scandal erupting, it was two years. Exactly. And so we're at about that mark right now. So I think the proverbial shit is going to start hitting the fan. Um, and hopefully it'll just splatter all over the Trumps and in a way that'll get them out of the White House. I got to get them out of the White House. It's driving me nuts that they're there. I mean, so so you've got Mueller circling and, you know, hopefully starting to drop some shit soon. You've got, you know, multiple um, multiple committees in the House that are about ready to start, you know, throwing subpoenas Beyond Rudy Giuliani, does Trump even have any lawyers anymore? Like, how are they even going to handle the like the onslaught of all of this? I don't know. I can imagine um, that Trump's lawyers are very frustrated with Trump, and I also can imagine Do you that they I mean, I honestly, if I were a Trump lawyer, I would bail. Because this is a man who's not going to like. There's nothing worse than a, being a lawyer and having a client that will not listen to you. You know, and there's really nothing worse than being a client and having a lawyer like Rudy Giuliani, who will just basically say whatever you want them to hear, even though even if it's wrong, like as a matter of law, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that Trump is in, a, in for a rude awakening, having surrounded himself with sycophants of p- people who will just tell him what he wants to hear. At a certain point, that's not going to work anymore. Right. Like if you get if Mueller or some somebody at the FBI can get Trump in a room under oath it is he's over. It's done for because he's going to perjure himself at a rate of such rapid fire that it's going to make I don't know. It's going to make Pinocchio look like a, the Virgin Mary. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean he can't he can't not lie. He can't. He doesn't seem to know what the truth even means. 
And so he's going to end up perjuring himself just all over the place. It's going to be great. His current behavior, and my dog wants to uh, contribute to this conversation. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's a day. Um, Does he strike you as the kind of, because I'm assuming you've seen people preparing for court cases and, you know, all of that good stuff. Does he seem like someone who is rapidly unspooling because he seems, he knows what's heading his way? Because he's gotten really weird this last week. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten uh, like remarkably nasty, like markedly nastier than he has been. I mean, calling the, who was it? Abby Phillips calling her stupid, you know, and there was Yamiche calling, saying that she she asked a racist question when she asked him whether or not he like adhered to white nationalist tenets, which is weird. Like, yeah, he seems to be a person who is backed into a corner um, and people who are backed into a corner, especially narcissists, which I, like I think Donald Trump is, they don't really have a capacity to be self-aware or self-reflect. So they just spiral, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And he's going to try and find lawyers that will either do what he says, or he's going to start firing lawyers who won't do what he says. And pretty soon there's not going to be anyone who'll be willing to represent him because representing him will require him to face up to some facts that, you know, Perhaps he's broken several laws, you know, over the past couple of years, including perhaps, you know, colluding with Russia, laundering money through Russia. That's another thing I'm excited about. I mentioned Gerald uh, Gerald Nadler. He's going to be looking into whether or not there's money laundering issues here. I mean, there's something going on with Trump and the Russian mafia, I feel like. It's just very, very strange. It had all the, the interactions that he's had over the past decades have been very, very strange. And I just, I get the sense that, Trump doesn't really show that much sycophancy to anyone else but Putin. I find it really right. strange. You know what I mean? And for a guy like that who thinks that he's like top dog, for him to be so deferential to this dude is really strange to watch. So it's hard not to believe that there is something there, that they have something on him. Yeah. I mean, to, to shift gears a little bit, you mentioned the voter suppression and, and you know, all of the ways that the deck was stacked against Democrats this year. And now that, you know, and and which we saw, you know, probably affected the outcome, at least in the governor's race in Georgia, it's certainly questionable as to what we're seeing kind of going down in Florida right now with the recounts and actual counts and all of those things. And I'm curious about like, for me, it's really it's really clear that, you know, sort of gerrymandering and, you know, racist voter suppression and and making it easier for people to vote and all these things are 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 a battle that we need to fight and i'm curious you know what you think is possible with the democrats kind of getting one one house but also grabbing much more power in the states at this point like do you think we're going to begin to see movement in that direction yeah, I think we're going to I mean, I think we're going to begin to see Democratic state legislatures pushing back on these weird illegally drawn maps. So I think that will help. I think the Dem- Democrats in the long run, if at the state level, some of this gerrymandering starts to disappear. I think that Democrats really need to focus on restoring the Voting Rights Act. I think that actually should be their number one priority. And I was actually happy to see re- I, I read an article somewhere that that's like one of the main, one of the primary goals is to restore the Voting Rights Act because 
you know, in 2013, the Supreme Court case Shelby v. Holder, where John Roberts essentially said, racism is dead, hooray. Um, and we don't need to make these these states that have had issues with disenfranchising black and brown voters. We don't need to make them pre-clear any of their voting rules, voting laws changes because, you know, this whatever formula that has been used to determine which states and, and jurisdictions should be forced to pre-clear their voting rights laws changes with the DOJ because of their racist history of disenfranchisement. Well, that formula is no longer up to date. And so we're just going to do away with it altogether. We need another coverage formula. And I hear a lot of people talking about we need a new Voting Rights Act, but we don't actually need a new one. We just need to restore the one that we have. Um, The infrastructure is already there. The idea of having to pass a new Voting Rights Act sounds so daunting that people are like, well, that's never going to happen, so let's just focus on something else. But no, all we need to do is we need to get Congress to come up with a new formula, and I think that formula would be pretty easy to to formulate, if I may use the same word twice, um, based on the sort of voter suppression that we saw in this election, right? I mean, Georgia obviously needs preclearance before they can do anything. Texas, North Carolina, um, Indiana, Ohio, there are a lot of places, North Dakota, there are a lot of places that have seen wild Republican efforts at voter suppression that would not have been able to um, have existed had they ha- had they been forced to alert the DOJ, hey, this is what we're going to do. And the DOJ would look at it and say, hey, wait a minute, that looks like it's going to disenfranchise black and brown voters. You can't do that. We need that mechanism back because otherwise, you know, the idea that Stacey Abrams had to account for voter suppression in her campaign strategy is really appalling. I mean, that's just, you know, that she had to count that there would be maybe 50 to 100,000 people who would vote for her but wouldn't be able to. So we need to campaign harder in other areas to make up for those votes. It shouldn't be that difficult for people to vote. And it shouldn't be that difficult for Democratic campaigners to build a campaign strategy that doesn't include Republicans trying to strip people of their fundamental right to vote. Well, when you put it like that. (laughs) it's just real simple, you know, just get a new coverage formula. Everyone knows Congress is so functional that I'm sure it'll happen easily. But um, I think the Democrats really need to agitate for that and let Republicans, you know, stand up and say, yeah, we don't want everyone to vote. I mean, we all know that that's really what their, what their end goal is when they talk about this non-existent voter fraud, but let's really make them say, we don't, we don't think these jurisdictions have a problem with racism in their voting system. And you know, we don't really think that everyone deserves to vote. I mean, essentially, that's what they're saying now with this recount saying that, well, you know, you shouldn't be required to count ballots that were turned in after noon on Saturday. I mean, now they're turning actual counting votes into a partisan issue as if counting votes in and of itself is voter fraud. So it's a real Republicans are sneaky. They're really sneaky. And I think they know that the demographics are not in their favor. And so they are doing whatever they can to to hold on to their winnowing power. And I think Democrats need to be real clear that, you know, the the right to vote is fundamental and that they will do whatever they can to protect it, including restoring the Voting Rights Act so black people don't have to wait in line for six and seven hours to cast a ballot. So you see this journey from 2018 to 2020 as one of potentially beautiful progress? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say beautiful progress. I would be like sort of beautiful getting back to where we were prior to this nonsense. You know, I mean, we've gone so far back. This backlash to the Obama presidency has been wild to watch. And so we have, I mean, boomeranged back to like 
sort of race relations we had in the 80s, it seems like. Um, and in some cases, the 50s and 60s. And so I think that this next couple of years is going to be about return is going to be about returning to cultural and institutional norms. And then also, I think, pushing Democrats left because, you know, Trump pushed Republicans so right. There's no reason why a Democrat can't a Democrat. <laughs> I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. Um, why a Democrat would not be able to do the same thing and just start pulling everything left. I really I really don't like this notion that it always seems to be that Democrats need to be the ones to compromise and Democrats need to pivot to the center in order to to appeal to Trump voters or to those swing voters who went from Obama to Trump for whatever reason. I say screw that. I say go as left as possible. Go as go left with policies that are going to appeal to working class people. Go left with policies that are going to under that are going to recognize that black and brown people are the base of the party. And just kind of YOLO it, you know? And what, what's the worst that could happen? It can't get any worse than this. Uh, don't we say that every week, though? Yeah, we probably do say that every year. But it really, <laughs> I mean, that I, I, think that the, I think the upside to a Democrat really going hard left is a lot greater than the downside. I mean, the downside is pretty, is like Trump winning 2020 again. But the upside is, I don't know, something so much better than Trump winning in 2020 again. <laughs> Yeah, I know we got, we, I feel like, you know, once you got a baby in a cage, you're like, yeah, you know, we got to try something new. Yeah, exactly. Any, <laughs> really. anything, I mean, but, anything but this, really? I mean, we're literally stocking children in a Walmart. So yeah, I guess anything, anything is better. Yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, it, it always seems to be that no matter what Republicans do, it's always the Democrats that are in disarray. It's always Democrats that need to compromise and Democrats that need to reach across the aisle. And I, I really would like Democrats to reach across the aisle and punch Republicans in the head and just yeah. fuck off. Yes. We're doing this thing. We're going to go for universal health care. We're going to try to reduce student debt. We're going to, you know, restore the Voting Rights Act. We're going to, you know, fix this freaking immigration issue that we have. We're going to, you know, pr protect the dreamers. All of those things that have good, that people that are polling well, just fucking try to do them. And ignore the sort of MAGA nonsense because we're never going to get those people. Those people are never going to leave Trump. And so I just say kind of screw them and move forward without them. And later on, you know, welcome to universal health care, you redhead wearing, red hat wearing jackass. Like go to the <laughs> hospital and not have to be bankrupt. Like you're welcome. <laughs> I want uh. all these things you're saying tattooed on my arms so I can look at them. <laughs> Just like long quotes by you, but then your name at the end, I can be like, look at that. That's gorgeous. Everyone be like, ooh, where'd you get that? And they'll want one too. <laughs> spread the love. Um, spread the word. Spread the angry black word. <laughs> Imani, this has been so amazing. Oh, well, good. Um, usually I feel like I'm so doom and gloom, but no. I guess I'm feeling less doom and gloom now. Yeah, it is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, we will be listening to you on Boom Lawyered, which is oh, yes. on rewired.news. Monty, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited and I want to play my favorite game. Okay. Which is, let's predict what happens. Whoa, okay. I want to predict what happens, Dan. I want to. I'm ex I am I am into it. I'm into it. 
Imani made me feel good. Okay, I'm just talking. I feel good about stuff. The next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking next week. Between now and then, and all of Sesovia, you can play together. Get out your little, your your guessing game scorecards. Everybody can write down what they think is going to happen. We're going to, and you can, you know, maybe we can, Dan can pitch one version. I can pitch one version. And you can pick which one of us you want to go with or, you know, however you want to play. It's your game too. I'm in. I love games. Okay. I'm going dojo. I'm still in. I'm still high on dojo. Okay. And when you say you're in on dojo, can you clarify exactly what you think is going to happen? Donald Trump Jr. is going to be indicted mm-hmm. by Robert Mueller. Okay. I feel it, Maureen. Okay. I feel it. It pulses inside of me. You think between, your guess is between now and next week. Dojo. Okay. Uh, number two, uh, Trump's response will be indignant about family for day one. Like, how dare you take out my family? Day two, he will begin to throw Dojo under the bus. Oh, oh Dan. You think he'll just say, well, I have other children. Yes, without a doubt. Wow. I, my predictions are, so Dan's predictions just to, are Dojo indicted Dojo, after a day of family reflection, thrown under bus. That's that's the Dan guess. Yep. Okay. Mine, my two-parter is more weird behavior. Another really strikingly weird, and I know that saying Trump will do weird things is is kind of like saying rain will be wet. That does feel, yeah, that does feel like a bit, but of, I a, mean, bit of a gimme. I don't know. I'm excited, though, because I I think we are seeing the great unspooling. And um, when these people unspool, they can do some. They can do some shit. Yeah. My, and I mine is more pedestrian. The second one, which is we will get an indictment. It won't be Don Jr. Oh, OK. Hold on. Wipe the table clean. <laughs> Crash. Just to, yeah. do that. That two arm thing where you sweep across the desk and you knock all the vases off. And go, yeah. Mueller, I love it. Mueller comes out and gives a statement. Dan? Yeah, I was waiting for the statement. I don't know what the statement is. He comes out for the Oh. The, no, he comes out for the first time in 2 years and That was just so dramatic. I, know. I was ready. I was ready for you to just lay it on. Yep. You were channeling something. Well, maybe he maybe he says the report is ready. Whoa. You think that's happening in the next week? He comes out, Dan. This is he appears. Are... The door creaks open. A long shadow appears on the ground. And then the light comes on and he goes, It's time. And then the door shuts. Whoa. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And then it creaks open again. A document is thrown up. And the door closes again. Wow. And then the sound of buzz saws. He is a lot more eccentric than I gave him credit for. He's a I think. weird guy. Apparently. Like, but a cool way. <laughs> cool buzzsawy way. Look, that's my guess is that a wild yours is dojo and then dojo goes yeah. under the bus. Mine is a wild mother appears. Sure. Why not? Why not? Indeed. I mean. I heard that. I. Just seems very mean to make fun of my sad, not, addled voice on my birthday. I'm not making fun of it. I like it. 
Mm, seems mean. Just saying. You know what? What will seems like you're being mean. It'll you know, what'll soothe your voice is a cool Dole Whip down in down when we're in Disney. Uh, really well. Yeah. It will. That'll just the nice warm mm. air. Just you know, a little vitamin C and a little vitamin W D W. <laughs> How come that isn't already a thing? I don't know. <laughs> it is now. It is now. Well, well, this episode of Says Who has been made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. And we have another sponsor this week, Dan. Do we? Our sponsor, another mogul, another of our Main Street moguls is Dustin Ward who used his sponsorship time. I mean, this is just, this is the kind of good quality people that live in Sesuvia. He asked that his sponsorship time be used to promote ethical eating, veganism, and how this diet can help mitigate climate change. Wow. I mean, come on. That is that is some selfless Sesuvian right there. I know. And, you know, Dan, I know that you eat some meats. I've been known to. And, uh, you know, I have not eaten meat. I became, I'm not a vegan, although I, I, I have a number. You play one on TV? I play one on TV. I eat very vegan-y. I have a lot of vegan friends. And I, when I have eaten vegan, I've felt a lot better. And it's actually, inc- it has this false reputation for being difficult to do. It's actually quite easy. And it is becoming easier by the freaking day, Dan. By the freaking day. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's it really is when I I mean when I first became a vegetarian, it, when I but seriously, I became a vegetarian 24 years ago. And it was a little more, you know, sometimes it was more challenging to get stuff to eat. And and you resign yourself to I will eat the potato. I've had many lunches and things where I'm like, I have eaten the potato. It's not I was I was a vegetarian for many years and in high school our idea of going out to eat vegetarian food was to go to Burger King and order a Whopper with cheese, no meat. Yeah. Yeah, that that's those sad stories are no more. No. It's it's surprisingly easy to do. And what's even better about it is that it's really genuinely crazy tasty and that is the thing that people are discovering is that all of these nonsense things have been built up around it to make vegetarian people seem cranky and annoying and saying oh it's no good and it doesn't and it's it's not that way at all in fact a lot of the food you already like is vegetarian or vegan it's delicious it's not hard to do and um if by it, it has scientifically proven that it is one of the most effective, sustained, uh, just one of the really good basic things we could do to help fight climate change would be to eat less meat and dairy products and animal-based products. This is very, very true. So if you want to make a dent in some climate change, do something healthy, do something fun, um, consider like a vegetarian or vegan meal and say thank you to Dustin for just like a really um, genuinely nice and pleasant. Like he's like, I'm going to give you a bunch of money. And will you talk about something nice? I mean, that's really nice. I mean, come that on. That is a good, this is the thing, Maureen. The citizens of Sesuvia, the town that we have built around our 
Patreon. They are very good people. Genuinely. We like you. Yeah. And you can join uh, just even for a dollar uh, if by going to patreon.com slash says who. For one dollar, you can touch Dan's beard. That's not true. For two dollars, you can braid it. No. No? Did, did I did I ever tell you the story about when I was in Buenos Aires and I was held at knife point? Uh, no. So that someone could braid my beard? What? Yes. Wait, what? Dan, what? Maybe, hold that on. will be a story for another no, day, Maureen. that's a bonus episode. You're stopping right there. And if you want, if you would like to subscribe at the bonus level, which is uh, you get a bonus episode, it's $5 a month, but we are releasing bonus content. Last week, we released a whole, uh, we got back on in the afternoon after the we Jeff did. session stuff and did a whole other half hour in response to it. So um, uh, I I think that for uh, for that we may have to discuss how you got held up at night point so someone could braid your beard. I'm happy to share that story, especially for a a more discerning audience. Yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, it's not for everyone. Well, Dan, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. He's a vegan. Who is? He is a vegan. He is a longtime he vegan. Is. He is. He is strong as an ox. He is. Healthy as a whip yes. and performs wonderful music. Then you can find out more about his music and his tour dates at tedleo.com. Our original logo was made by Darth and we will always thank Darth. Darth is currently hibernating. And we wish you the best of hibernations, Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email at Hey, that is H E Y at says who podcast.com. Hey. 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 You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. I did you just hear my stomach rumble? I didn't. Kind of hungry. I was talking about food too, and uh, I got really hungry. What? I wasn't. What? Mm. What? Dan, mm. my stomach did rumble. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of food, Very you can suspicious. join us next week. That is November 21st. That is the day before Thanksgiving here in the United States for our next episode. I think we will cook up something special for your Thanksgiving table next episode. Yeah, a little prep on how to handle those family conversations. Ah, I'm going to go rest my voice now. We didn't say goodbye yet. Oh, right. From my basement in Chicago, I'm the birthday boy, Dan Sinker. Happy birthday, Dan. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. And from... It's my birthday. Oh, dear. It's my birthday. And every birthday boy deserves a cake. Now, maybe you don't have the ingredients for a cake. I don't even like cake. Or a pie. I like pie. And say you don't have the ingredients. Mm. Say you don't have the ingredients to make a nice, say, vegan pumpkin pie and you'd like to. And mm-hmm. um, Look, I'm just saying, Dan, that maybe you don't have those ingredients and you sure. don't want okay. to run to the store. Get st- on with it. Run to the store. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, it's actually, you can just head to the store real quick, quick and you can get them. Mm. Okay, great. Or someone else could go. Maybe your son? Yeah, he could go to the store. On his bike? Yeah, 
it's a little chilly here or for riding a bike say, to the store. It's, but... If it's too cold to go to the store or say it's raining out and you don't want to come out of your hotel room. I've heard that rain is the thing that you don't want to go out in. There are no, there are op- I've never done well, it, so I don't know. There are other options, Dan. Mm-hmm. There's takeout. Okay. Well, that sounds great. This episode of Says Who is brought to you by Takeout. And from my... Cl- Couldn't even say that. No. Take- <laughs> no, you can't. No, can't. Can't say how anymore. It's gone. I've lost that part of my voice. Oh, it's going. You could use some honey and lemon. I could. You know, I don't have either of those things right well, now. Well, you could get them. Maybe I will. You know, someone could bring them to you. It's true. You know, I have people that are nice to or, me. Or, you know, they could just be delivered to you. Especially on my birthday. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get me not to do it. Because I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying from, it's my birthday, Maureen. From my closet in New York, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go climb into a giant Ricola now. <laughs>